The following program was paid for by the friends and partners of WLMB TV40 Toledo. For me, organizing is a ministry. It's not about getting to a particular place and you know being organized and accomplishing those goals. For me, organization is about clearing out the clutter in your spirit, the worries and fears and anxieties we have that we're not being the men and women of God that we want to be. Well, I want to welcome you to another episode of Main Street. I'm Dr. Jamie Schmitz, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host for the past 22 years, Virginia Bosse. Well, Jamie, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, as well, Virginia. Well, I'm excited about this new year, but I'm also excited about today's show, as we're going to be talking about setting goals, but maybe not just in the way you're thinking of, as we have our friend back with us, Shannon Upton. She's a speaker and author, and she's going to help us get some spiritual clutter out of our lives and set some new goals for this new year. So we want to give a warm welcome to Shannon, author of Organizing for a New Year. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. Shannon, it's wonderful to have you back. Uh, please tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and uh, your ministry, which is called Organizing You. Yes, I'd love to. So I'm a Christian speaker. I speak at a lot of churches and women's events and retreats. I'm also an author and I've written some books about organizing to clear out your spiritual clutter. So for me, organizing is a ministry. It's not about getting to a particular place and you know being organized and accomplishing those goals. For me, organization is about clearing out the clutter in your spirit, the worries and fears and anxieties we have that we're not being the men and women of God that we want to be. And so for me, it's a ministry to really help people relax and let go, but also accomplish those goals. So what prompted you to write Organizing for a New Year? So organizing for a new year is really my passion project. Ever since I can remember, I have loved to set aside time in January to plan for the new year and think about what I wanna do. And I even have these goal setting sessions at the beginning of May, right before my kids get out of school and we're facing the summer, and at the end of August as we enter a new year and I'm setting some new routines. So I do this a lot and I have read many wonderful books about organizing for goals and forming great habits, but none of those books have asked the questions that I feel are the most important, which are the questions about the Lord. What is God calling you to do? What has he gifted you to do? And so I've incorporated those things. And I asked my publisher if I could write this book several years ago and he passed on it and we went for some other things. And then again, I said, I'm just, I feel so strongly about this. And he said, let's do it. So I'm really happy that this has come 10 years in where I can take all the things that I've experienced and learned as a speaker and author and really put them into a book that I believe is unique. Well, I am so glad that you're persistent with your publisher because your book, you do ask a lot of hard questions for people to really look at themselves. And, and so you just did a wonderful job. But, um, you know, what spiritual clutter do people often carry as they make their New Year's resolutions? Oh, well, you carry in the spiritual clutter of the previous year. You're thinking, you know, this is something that I excelled at and I can't continue to be this good, or this is a way that I failed and I, I'm a loser. You get those <laughs> terrible feelings about that. And then as you start to set new goals, you can be overly optimistic and think, I'm gonna go and do this, and then you kind of flop, 
or you can think that's so hard I'm not even going to try and we have just all these negative feelings especially in our culture about what is setting a resolution and everybody makes a lot of jokes about by the end of January and February you're just not going to do it yeah Shannon uh, what do you think about uh, setting New Year's resolutions though should we make them and why or why not you know, I'm not a fan of the word resolution in general, uh, both because of the connotation that we have, but also because resolution makes it sound like we're gonna do it on our own steam. And I do believe as Christians that God calls us to make plans and to set goals that involve serving Him and growing closer to Him and um, just being the man or woman of God He's calling us to. But that doesn't mean that we need to set a resolution about it. I call them godly goals. So for example, the most common goal that everybody talks about the new year is weight loss. And we can go in and say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by March 1st by doing this dieting program and being really strict and exercising. And I'm going to get into that red dress. You know, what instead I would say is, so spend some prayerful time and think, okay, so I tend to eat unhealthily when I am stressed and I turn to food instead of Jesus. I do experience some gluttony in my life or I am not exercising and my body does not feel like it should. So I'm gonna talk to God about this and maybe I'll decide I'm going to pray before I eat anything, like pray over a meal, pray over every snack. And if I still feel okay about eating it, then I'll eat it. Or I'm going to take walks with my friend in the morning and we'll do a Bible study together as we walk rather than joining the gym and just doing brutal workouts. Um, that's the kind of, can you imagine if all of the goals we set, we handled in that way with the Lord instead of trying to do it on our own. Awesome, that's great advice. So, you know, what do you recommend for people as they get started, you know, for their plan for the new year? Okay, so I recommend taking a retreat time with Jesus really setting aside some time for you to look back over the past year, acknowledging the successes and the failures, but looking for how God worked through them and acknowledging who you are right now, you know, what your personality is, what, you, what you're feeling called to, and then looking at what you actually want to do to get it done. All right, so, you know, um, talk about setting time aside. So how much time are we talking? You know, how much time do you set aside for goal setting? Okay, so for me personally, and for someone who is working their way through the workbook of uh, organizing for a new year, I'd set aside about a work day, so about six hours. So take a day off work or get a babysitter and really delve into those things in a prayerful time. For me, setting aside a chunk of time like that helps me to get really deep with God and make some good connections and just really be in the zone with Him. For other people, that sounds impossible. They say, I can't take the day off. I can't get that chunk of time. Or they know that that amount of concentrated time, would they would get distracted and unsettled. So for other people, I would say, do the workbook, set aside the time, but do it in smaller chunks. The workbook has it happens to be exactly 14 little chunks of questions to read over. And if you set aside a half an hour every day for two weeks, then in the morning when you reading the questions will only take five minutes. It's answering the questions and praying over them. Then throughout the day, your mind might start to make those connections and you might have more thoughts and then get back to it the next morning and work through it. It's not about how you do it. It's that you do it at all. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Shannon, um, 
as an organizing ex expert, as an organizing expert, you probably get questioned about SMART goals or SMART goals. What do you think about SMART goals? And for viewers who don't know what they are, please explain what SMART <laughs> or SMART goals are. So SMART is an acrostic for specific, uh, measurable, oh, I'm gonna, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. There you go. And this is set out as all of your goals should be SMART. They should fit into these five categories. Well, if you really listen, achievable and realistic are pretty much the same thing, but SMART goals doesn't sound as good. <laughs> and um, also, those that framework is tough on some goals, especially for Christians. If your goal is, I'm going to grow my marriage and get closer to my spouse, well, how do you measure that? Right. And also, timely, if you set a specific time for your goals, a lot of that's gonna be very arbitrary, and a lot of it's gonna get out of your control. If you do say, I'm gonna lose that weight by March 1st, and March 1st comes, and you get on the scale, and it's not that number you're looking for, you can be very upset and think I failed, where really you're so much healthier than you were before, and you did meet that goal. It's just not in that smart capacity. So I would say smart is a good guideline, but is not gonna be the be all end all for godly goals. All right, so what do you think about goals that Christians often set, like complaining less or being kinder? Yes, so I love those kinds of goals. Complaining less, being kinder, these are all part of sanctification, right? Becoming more like Christ, growing closer to Him. They're fabulous goals. What they are is habit goals. So in my workbook, I have it broken down into project goals. This is a thing that you can do, you can complete and check off, that's a project. And then a habit goal is something you wanna develop that's never going to have a particular end, but that you can see your progress. So how do you go about achieving goals like those? Okay, so I have a ton of ideas about this. I'm gonna give you an example. Several years ago, I felt the Lord speaking in my heart that I needed to be more quiet. The word was quiet and that at home, especially as a stay at home mom that didn't have a lot of adult interaction and was with my family all day, that I was talking a lot. I may be complaining, interrupting, uh, nagging, uh, all the kinds of things that were just too many words. And of course, in Proverbs, there's so many great verses about controlling your words. So I decided that quiet was gonna be my word of the year. And the first thing I did was turn to the word and find those verses and write up a meditation sheet. So for every topic that I felt the Lord stirring, I thought, you know, for interrupting, here's a verse. For not complaining, here's a verse. And I read over that meditation sheet at first every day. And then I started reading it just on Mondays. And now I read it once a month and I still continue to years later. The other thing I did was set up a marble jar system. So I had two jars with marbles in one jar. And every time I found myself wanting to complain or interrupt or talk at an inopportune time and stopped myself, then I'd take one of the marbles and move it to the other jar. And when they'd all been moved over, I bought myself a little present and then I switched the jars and started again. And I did that for about a year. And even now, if I feel myself starting to get into that more overwhelmingly verbal space, I'll get the jars out and do it again. So even though goals like that can seem very ephemeral and 
hard to judge. You absolutely can be just as intentional about achieving those goals as you can about your project goals. Very good. Um, Shannon, what do you think is the biggest indicator that a person will achieve their goals? That's a great question. I think a lot of people would say how type A you are or how much you wanted. Personally, I don't think that's true. I think the biggest indicator is how self-aware you are. So that's looking at your personality, looking at the gifts and talents that God gave you. It's important to be able to say, this is something I'm good at, this is something I'm not very good at, and either I want to set a goal to improve or maybe that's just not a goal for me at all. God didn't create me to do that. Also looking at things like, are you a morning person or a night person? When should you attack your goals? Or do you like to do projects in big chunks and get really in there, or do you like to spread it out? When you have an accountability partner, are you so hard on yourself that you need an encourager? Or are you gonna get kind of lax and you need someone more boot campy for you? You know, if you are aware of your strengths and weaknesses and what God's calling you to before you set your goals, you're gonna be much more successful. Well, talking about success, we also should take a look at what happens if we fail. Well, we're gonna talk about more about that when we come back. Main Street was paid by the friends and partners of WLMB TV 40 Toledo. To hear more content like this, donate your generous gift at WLMB.com slash donate. And now back to Main Street. We're here with speaker and author Shannon Upton, and we're talking about setting goals in this new year. And Shannon, we're gonna continue that conversation, you know. So what framework do you use for setting goals and how do you find the goals to set? Right. So I believe in looking at your roles and aspects. So your roles are the roles in your life and mostly about relationships. So like I'm a daughter of God. How is my relationship with God going? I'm a wife. And how am I doing with my husband and in my marriage? Going through if you're a mom, if you're a daughter or a son, uh, how you're doing at work, all of the different roles in your life. And then, of course, you have yourself, your role with yourself. How are you doing in the aspects of your life? So this would be uh, financially, spiritually, uh, personally, mentally, physically, looking just all at yourself, all at the roles in your life and listening for the whisper of God. The important thing is that you're not setting a goal for every single one of those areas and aspects. That would be overwhelming for anybody. Right. And people do that. People say, you know, I have a goal for every area in my life. I think that that's too much for anyone. And we have to set aside that feeling that we're achieving, that we're trying to get into this new year and just be the best and listen for the Holy Spirit's whisper and work on only those goals that he's speaking to you about. And Shannon, uh, answer this question, if you wouldn't mind, for our viewers. What would you say to our viewers? What advice would you give them uh, when they say, hey, I've set these goals, but I have failed to meet those goals? Right, so a lot of people get stuck especially toward the end of January, beginning of February, you hear people joking about like, well, I set a resolution about that and now it's over. And I would say, if you are getting stuck on your goals, first of all, stop for a minute. Don't just keep doing the same thing that isn't working over and over. Stop and assess and really pray over it because you may discern, you may sit and think about it and think, you know what? I'm not doing that because it's not really that important to me. 
or because I just don't really want to do that. Like, what's the reason that you're not achieving that goal? And maybe that goal is not for you in the first place. And that's something you need to surrender to God and give to him in a prayerful way and lift up to him rather than keep trying to trudge and do it on your own. Or if it is something you are called about, if that's something that is biblical, something part of your faith life or something that's really joyful to you and you know that you do want to achieve it, I don't believe that God is gonna leave us high and dry in those things. He's not gonna call us to something and this leave us to fail. Instead, we need to see, well, what do I need to do differently? And this is where we look at that self-awareness. You know, where am I falling down on the job? What stumbling blocks am I hitting and what can I do about them? And doing that in a relaxed, prayerful way instead of a frustrated way. So if we take the time to relax and reassess, Either we'll drop the goal or we'll be able to go ahead trying something different. But Chana, how would you encourage someone today who is fearful of setting goals because they fear failure? Oh, I have such a heart for people who feel failure, fear failure like this. And um, I have seen this work out in my own life. There are so many times we are so much harder on ourselves than God is on us. He's looking at us with love and grace, and we're thinking, I'm just bombing, I'm failing this. I love to do exercise videos at home that are the kind of like dancey kind. So I will often be in my home trying to do the video. I know that I'm not doing the moves right. I'm not doing it like the people on the screen. And I don't look like them, this you know super fit, trim young people. And I start to think, I am such a failure. I'm doing this all wrong. It's ridiculous. I look ridiculous. My kids are laughing at me a little bit. And then I think, okay, so how does God see me in this moment? And I think that God looks at me flailing around in my living room and sees me very much like I would see my kids when they were toddlers dancing right. and right. sees the joy in it. And I think he just loves me and says, oh, look, there's my Shannon. She is doing her best. She is trying so hard to be healthy and be the best she can be for her family. I'm so proud of her. I love her so much. And if we can take that view on our goals to look and say, okay, so if I do this and I don't do it perfectly or I don't succeed, how is God going to see this? Chances are that God is going to give you much more grace and love than you gave yourself. That's right. And to him, it's more about just stepping out in faith and relying on him. So instead of saying, I don't wanna do this cause I'm just gonna fail, I'm just gonna be a loser. Instead think, how can I partner with God? How can I trust him and step out and try to accomplish this goal? That's right, sometimes our expectations, are, you know, can really set us up to, you know, to, to feel even more like a failure. And yes. so we really have to examine our hearts. Yes. Absolutely. Well, you know, what's the number one thing that you think that people forget when making goals? I love this question. This is my favorite. Nobody sets a goal about this and everybody should. And that is Sabbath rest, hmm. to rest on Sundays. And you know, we get so achievement oriented and at the new year, we look at all the things we wanna do and we start striving for those things. God did not make us to strive seven days a week. He specifically set aside a day for us to rest. And this is not one of the 10 suggestions. It is one of the 10 commandments. We are supposed to do it. That's part of being an obedient child of God. 
So when you're looking at Sabbath rest, I do think you can make a goal about that. Write a contract with yourself. I have a little Sabbath contract with myself that I will not do specific things that to me are sheer work. I do not clean anything. Amen. I, <laughs> yeah, I'll like, I'll load the dishwasher because the dirty dishes out make me feel uncomfortable um, or kind of unsettled, but I'm not gonna go clean a bathroom or something. Uh, I also don't cook. I hate cooking. Tons of people would love to cook on the Sabbath, right? That's their passion. That's something they love. But to me, cooking is drudgery. Mm -hmm. So I will not cook. We have food in our pantry. Everybody can make peanut butter sandwiches. They'll all live. I don't do it. So I have this list of things that I know I get to rest from. And then I have a list of things that I can do on the Sabbath. So many people say, oh, I'd love to take up knitting or kayaking or whatever, and I, I just don't have the time. Yes, you do. You have a day every week. You have at least the afternoon, probably, that you can explore things that give you joy. And so to actually sit down and think, what do I want to enjoy on Sundays? What am I not going to make myself do on Sundays? That is an incredibly important goal. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shannon, uh, how can our Christian faith be a part of achieving our goals? Oh, hopefully, you know, your faith just pervades your goals. That's why we spend that prayerful time setting, you know, set aside, looking back, looking at where we are now, looking forward. But as we're actually accomplishing our goals, we can post scriptures, we can write prayers. And the most important thing for me is using the truth of God as we accomplish our goals. Because here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna go ahead and start and something is gonna pop up. We're gonna hit a stumbling block and we have these interior voices saying, you're gonna fail at this. If we get on that scale and march and it doesn't say the number we want, we think, why do I even try? I'm never gonna be able to do it. Those kinds of things, I, I failed. And instead, thinking, okay, what would God speak over this? God would speak over this and healthier than I was last time. I've done my best and he is happy with me. He is looking at me right now and loving me. Having uh, those thoughts as a shield so that when the enemy sends flaming arrows our way, we know this is how I'm gonna deal with that and keep moving forward. Now, Shannon, your uh, ebook, Organizing for a New Organizing for a New Year. I almost said for a new you, uh, <laughs> but your uh, ebook, Organizing for a New Year. Um, you know, I imagine that's the culmination, not of just you know recent thoughts. You know, and you put this book together. But did you have some success and failures of different things that you tried uh, when you were kind of putting together your outline, your ideas for organizing a new year? Would you share some of those uh, pragmatic, maybe success and failure stories in your own life? Yes, well, you know, I am such a type A go-getter kind of person that I was a person that set too many goals and set the bar too high and then got really frustrated with myself when I didn't meet them. And also I'm a person that's just so about relationships and loving people. I would set those goals and try to measure them. Like one year I thought, okay, so I'm gonna set a goal um, to get closer with my sister. She lives a couple hours away. We both had little kids. And I thought we're going to talk on the phone at least once a month and we're gonna get together four times this year for girl time. And I had this whole thing laid out. And of course it didn't happen. And at the end of that year, I thought, wow, you know, I, I failed on that but I didn't. Once I sat and thought about it, I thought even the texts that we sent to each other were more frequent 
because we were trying to schedule those things, <laughs> right? And right. we were conversing and I was saying, well, we can't get together. Just tell me real quick, how are your kids doing? How are you doing at work? And we did connect. So all of those things that, of me setting the bar too high for myself gave me a lot more grace to look at how other people might deal with success or failure and have some really, as you said, pragmatic, like some, some really attainable ways to set and, main, and achieve those goals. Well, I just love your positive spirit and your positive attitude, and it really does make a difference in life. And you can see it in your book, you know, as we read along. So, how can you know what can people expect when they look at your brand new ebook, Organizing for a New Year? Right. So, Organizing for a New Year is a very different from my other books. My other books are very conversational and back and forth. This is more like there's an intro where I talk about. Um, setting resolutions versus goals, how to set aside time to retreat, really how to do the workbook. But the bulk of the book is a workbook. It is a bunch of questions, questions that hit hard into faith questions, into life questions. You go through first, you do go back and look at your successes and failures and look where the Lord was working. You take a look at yourself right now, your personality, all of your strengths and weaknesses. Then there is a time of discernment. When you look through those roles and aspects and really try to find where God is calling you, there's even a separate section where it's like, okay, that's what you think, now cut it down more. You know, really get realistic. And then there is an entire chapter about achieving your goals that are project-based. There's questions to go through. Would it help you to do this? Would you like to do this? Would you like to try that? To really get you to accomplish the project goals. And then there's a chapter about the habit goals and how to set yourself up for a good habit. And Shannon, how can people find out more about you, your books, and your ministry? Well, I'm online, of course. I do believe that um, the best way I can help you is through my Organizing You books. And the, I have two print books, Organizing You and the sequel, Building Your House. Those are both on Amazon. And I also have this series of handbooks, which Organizing for a New Year is one of the handbooks. It's an ebook, and you can either read it on your e-reader or use the free reader from Amazon. It's really easy. You can just read it on your computer or your tablet. And I think that is the best way for me to reach you. But I have a ton of free resources on my website, which is organizingjesusmoms.com. Very good. Shan, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Shannon, for sharing your wisdom, your ideas, and the excitement that we all can have heading into this new year. So I want to encourage you to go out there, get Shannon's book, and start your year right. Well, thank you for joining us today on Main Street. Be sure to join us next week for another great episode. We hope that Main Street has been a blessing to you today. Please feel free to contact the following to learn more about the topics discussed on today's show. WLMB would like to thank all the faithful supporters of WLMB that make this program possible. Main Street is a production of WLMB TV 40 in Toledo. All rights reserved.